already, gang, welcome back to this installment of the Gatowski Files, starring Stephen Gatowski. He is the founder of the Reload.com and the host of the Weekly Reload podcast, and a stalwart. It's a word I'm bringing back. Stalwart reporter, Stephen. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, it's Game Seven tonight. I think you usually get these episodes out really fast. Yeah, now, this, so it should be out same day. Out so before. we're we're recording this October twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. So this should be yeah, coming so. out probably about the same time that game is starting. If I had to guess. Hopefully everyone who's listening will, will be rooting for the Phillies. That's uh, my assumption. Um, I, you know, I know that you are a, you know, you've kind of taken on the Diamondbacks here. Eh. Eh. I mean, you live there. So, yeah, I mean, I you, you would think. Uh, a friend of mine that I went to the academy with once commented that uh, back when the Redskins were terrible. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, and and uh, the Chargers are doing well. And I lived in San Diego. And he goes, why don't you just claim the Chargers? I'm like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. You know, like, I, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't, hard. to be honest with you. Uh, this is the whole thing. Uh, we, we don't have time to get into it on our on this show here. But if we do a sports podcast and a pop culture podcast, this is a complaint I have about Taylor Swift, who is supposed to be a big Philly. You know, she's from, from Reading, Pennsylvania. And she sings about Eagles and all, you know, all this stuff. And yeah, uh, she's dating a Chiefs player now, so right. she's wearing Chiefs stuff and going to all the Chiefs games. We'll see what happens once she gets to the Chiefs-Eagles game. Um, but yeah, you should stay a fan of the team. Especially, you know, yeah. Philly, Philly, here's the thing about this game tonight, and uh, then we can move on to real news. But um, the Phillies should win because if the Phillies lose – if the, if the Diamondbacks lose, I'm sure it's, you know, their fans will be sad and it'll be like, Oh, that's too bad. You know, great run and, and get them next year. Proud of the team. The Phillies lose Philly fans will go and like, they'll just become deeply depressed catatonic, uh, probably for years. Yeah. People still talk about the 1964 Phillies blowing a 12 game lead going with or a 10 game lead with 12 games left to go. I wasn't even born then, and I know all about this mm-hmm. uh, because it gets talked about constantly. That's that's how neurotic, and that's how much it sticks with you when when Philly teams disappoint in that way. So, I don't know, I'm just saying for karma's sake that maybe this, you know, let's and, let's all root for the Phillies. And I I know I I know how Diamondbacks fans can console themselves because as a young lad uh, watching the Redskins frequently lose, um, being from the D.C. area, after a loss, my father would say, "Michael, don't feel too bad." Because tomorrow morning, when all those Philly fans wake up, they'll still be in Philadelphia. So that's that's kind of how I, <laughs> it's kind of how I get through the night, I guess you might say. Um, with with that said, uh, there is an article over at thereload.com. It's from about four or so days ago. Um, it is authored by our our friend Stephen Gutowski, and the, the headline is "Jewish Americans Arm Themselves in Wake of Israeli." horror. Um, and this is something we touched on before, but this is a slightly different angle. So Stephen, talk to us about this article that you wrote and uh, why it's something Americans should consider to be important or interesting to them. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is first off the, obviously back to a much more serious topic here, but uh, this is one of the things that we do at the reload that I think is, is paramount, is important, this sort of reporting um, where we're talking to first sources to people directly to tell their stories because, you know, we do a lot of reporting on, on uh, rulings and, and politics and stuff like that. And that's all extremely important too. But uh, you know, this sort of exclusive direct reporting is, is what I think 
um, really sets us apart in the real purpose of what, what we're trying to do. Sure. And, um, you know, we, in the wake of the, those attacks, you know, more than 1400 people murdered, uh, mostly civilians, um, Jewish people obviously targeted for being Jewish in, uh, in Israel. Uh, and then of course you saw, in addition to that, a lot of protests nationwide and around the world, frankly, that uh, oftentimes went beyond just pro-Palestinian protests into anti-Semitic, um, you know, messages from the river to the sea is is basically a message that the entire country of Israel will be wiped from the earth, face of the earth. There, right? there were not to interrupt, but there were protests. Um, I saw footage of in, in Australia where they were chanting gas the Jews. So it's not like this is, yes. you know, no one's trying to be subtle about it apparently. Yeah. And look, you know, obviously it's a complicated situation uh, as are a lot of situations in the Middle East. And this isn't to, um, you know, try, try to take a side on exactly what the right outcome of the, the political situation in, in the Middle East is supposed to be, but it is clear when you put uh, images of the, the paragliders who uh, went across the border to slaughter people in Israel as part of your iconography and your protest that you're essentially just supporting slaughter. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, these aren't, you know, that's not, uh, I don't like the Israeli government's policy on settlements or something. This right. is like, we support beheading people and burning them alive. And so you can kind of imagine how that that's had a psychological effect on uh, Jews worldwide. And particularly here in America, where many of these protests occurred. Um, and they also have realistic access to firearms for self-defense that has driven a lot of American Jews to go out and buy their first gun to get more training uh, if they already had firearms. And the change in culture surrounding firearms within the Jewish community has been stark, according to uh, the numerous sources that I spoke with, both first-time gun buyers and Jewish gun rights activists who who, uh, have been involved either relatively recently or for their entire lives, uh, they all say that this is something that has really changed the point of view in the community regarding firearms. Yeah. Um, and I, you mentioned something earlier, you, you, you said something to the effect of, you know, we're not, we're not necessarily picking sides politically speaking and we're not, but I think there's two different layers to this. There is the layer of, well, you know, the Israeli government, you know, they've only been around since the forties and you know, whose land is it? All that sort of thing is something that can be debated by reasonable people and reasonable people on both sides can have really good points as it, as it relates to that. Um, but there is mm-hmm. that discussion about the the government, which in in Gaza is essentially Hamas, which is you know historically really just a, ter- a terror terrorist organization. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. And the Israeli government, and then there's just people who hate Jews, and those people will always be around. Unfortunately, they've been around since the beginning of the Bible for for crying out loud. Um, and those two things are different things. And I think a lot of people like to sort of play around on the fringes. Say, oh no 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 no. I'm not anti-Jew, I'm not anti-Israel, I'm anti-Zionist, you know, or I'm anti-policy or whatever. And I'm sure there are people like that, who that is their, that's where they draw the line and they're not, they're not, they don't support the wholesale slaughter of people at a, at a, you know, a music, an outdoor concert event, a venue. Um, but I think the distinction needs to be drawn. And, and I think 
what I would like to see, and this is getting a little far afield here, I apologize. What I'd like to see is some of the people who are sort of against the Israeli policies get really specific when they're speaking in public and go, look, I don't think we should be killing innocent civilians, you know, but this is my, you know, this is my position on settlements or kibbutzes or whatever the case may be. Um, but I'm just not hearing that. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not being said, but I'm not hearing it. So what um, are, are there are there concerns that for, for Jews living in the United States or in the West in general, that there are going to be, you know, attacks or bombings or whatever, uh, or sh- mass shootings at, you know, synagogues or Jewish community centers? Is that a real concern they're having and, and a reason they're wanting to arm themselves or get better armed? Yes. Yes. That's, I mean, that's the exact concern that many of them have that, that, uh, you know, something that like that, which happened in Israel, which, you know, this is the other thing about sort of the psychology of a lot of um, people who've witnessed this, a lot of American uh, Jews, because, you know, they're told the whole concept of the Israeli state was supposed to be that it's a, a sort of safe haven for Jewish people across the world that, you know, while they recognized the um, uh, potential, you know, that they're, that they're in a, a hotbed area where there've been no, uh, numerous wars fought against Israel over the, the last several decades, obviously, and terror attacks have been ongoing pretty much constantly mm-hmm. at some level for its entire existence. Um, that e- even despite that, it was still a relatively safe place for Jewish people to be able to, to go to, even if, apparatus it has this advanced military it has uh you know all this stuff that's designed to keep people safe and these attacks i think really uh for for a number of people kind of pierce that veil of security uh and and they look at the videos and pictures that have come out and the eyewitness accounts of how people were brutally murdered murdered or kidnapped and taken back into gaza where you still have hundreds of people uh, held as hostages there um, and they think this could absolutely happen here in America, especially because of those, again, the, the protests that we saw. Um, you know, here's here's a, a quote. This was uh, this is from a, a doctor living in Los Angeles. Who, and a lot of these people didn't want to go on record uh, with their names because they fear exactly this sort of retaliation. Um, sure. And they're, they're cons- the same concerns that led them to go and buy a gun for the first time. Uh, or don't you know, lead them to not want to be publicly identified. Obviously, I verified their identities before I published their stories, but um, but was willing to hold back their uh, last names or their true identities for secure, you know, these these security reasons, which is uh, you know a call you have to make as a journalist uh, from time to time if somebody wants to to be um, anonymous in a story. Uh, but but I felt it was appropriate in this case. But here here's the quote from the doctors uh, who I've labeled or I'm calling Joshua. Um, he said, quote, we all know what happened in Israel. It was a horrific attack on civilians by Hamas with the tally now up to close to 1,500 dead. It's the worst attack against Jews since the Holocaust. I never thought I'd say this, but it's almost worse than the Nazis. They... Buried, uh, they buried the bodies or cremated the bodies. The Nazis hid their atrocities. Hamas is live streaming their atrocities where they kill babies, shoot the elderly waiting at bus stops, rape women and mow down young people at uh, a music festival for peace. So mm-hmm. that's sort of, 
And that was a very common sentiment among the people I spoke with. That's, that's how a lot of American Jews are viewing these, these things. Like that this is not a minor thing to them for obvious reasons. Um, and, and it really motivated uh, a lot to go out and, 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 you know, purchase a gun for the first time. Um, yeah, you know, I was, I was going to interject. I mean, th- this is, and this may be slightly off topic, but you know, this, this gives lie to the idea that, you know, the average citizen civilian, you know, doesn't need this or that, you know, fill in the blank with whatever anti-gun people like to say weapons of war. They don't need an AR 15 or they don't need a magazine with more than 10 rounds. You know, if you looked at what happened at that music festival, for example, people paraglided in with some of them with M4s, um, which are even more more deadly, I guess, considering uh, they have select fire than than an AR-15. And so there, there's nothing really. There's nothing stopping a determined terrorist, a determined killer, from getting whatever kind of weapons they want and heading to the nearest Jewish community center or wherever to try to conduct an attack. And if those people are, you know, if if the if the gun the anti gun people had their way, you know the most you'd be able to have is a five shot twenty two revolver, and that wouldn't do you any good, you know, in the face of that kind of uh, weaponry. So, I think it's just another reason why we need to keep pushing to to maintain the sort of firearms that we have. And there's a lot of other good news that we're not going to talk about today about magazine, you know, counts and that sort of thing. But uh, I think it's a good reminder, Stephen. Well, you know, certainly this is a, a common theme as well among a lot of the people that I spoke with that they're looking for firearms now, even if they were already gun owners, uh, you know, raw, there was another one I'll, and I'll quote from him in a second here who uh, uh, was, had bought a gun in the aftermath of the riots in 2020, right? You had a, you had a number of people in this story who were just getting into the gun owning space um, who also now want to, sort of upgrade the sort of firearms that they have because they look at what happened in Israel in a number of these communities uh, and they want to be able to defend themselves from that, where you're talking about multiple armed attackers who are, who in many of the videos that we've seen were armed with rifles of some sort, whether they were AKs or, or M4s or what have you. And they're just going through um, into communities that, uh, not, and it's not to say that there were no security measures whatsoever in these communities, but they obviously were, um, not ready and not robust enough. Many of the regular civilians there were not, uh, armed and, and these people want, uh, to be able to have something that gives them the best chance of surviving in an encounter like that. And, uh, we have a member's piece in addition to our main reporting on this, that talks a little bit about that, um, where essentially the AR-15 is what most of them are turning to um, from, from those who spoke with me about this. You know, they, they want uh, an, M- an AR-15 to be able to have a fighting chance in that scenario. Uh, one, for instance, is uh, another person I, I, they're going by Ross in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, and they're somebody with an advanced degree. They have a graduate degree from the University of Chicago. They work at a, a software company. Uh, in the suburbs now, but, uh, you know, and, and they talked about essentially how that this concept of Israel being a safe haven was shattered for a lot of people. Uh, and he said, quote, and I think for many Jews, it was to say the least, a splash of cold water in the face, seeing these unspeakable and horrific tragedies committed against civilians and that they were simply unable to do anything about it. 
We all saw pictures and videos of the atrocities that were committed, and they literally had no fighting chance. There was no opportunity because guns are for civilians, largely not legal in Israel. And for many Jews, they thought if it can happen in Israel, it can happen anywhere. And so he went out and uh, has now upgraded his uh, firearms collection from one pistol to, uh, I believe he's, he bought a shotgun and a, and a, a full-size handgun to go along with, the, I think he had a carry gun to begin with. So, you know, it, it does speak to exactly what you're talking about there. Before we wrap up, I do want to um, plug the podcast. It's very relevant to what we're talking about today. In fact, your guest is quoted in the story. Uh, just tell us about who you had on and what he had to say. Yeah, we had Yehuda Reamer on this week, and he goes by the Pew Pew Jew. He has he's a clever. Jewish gun rights actor. Very clever advocate. name, by the way. Good marketing. Yes, <laughs> he's he's got a lot of great uh, merch and stuff with, with that with that name on it. Sure. So um, he's been and he's been an advocate for a while, and I think uh, almost a decade or so. Uh, he lives in in Texas these days, but he's uh, and yes, he he was in in the story uh, as well because he's seen an influx of people wanting to. Uh, get training and buy their first gun. And and he said, uh, he told me on the podcast that is, I'm sure this is a bit of an exaggeration, but it's a thousand percent increase from other similar anti-Semitic in- incidents that have gotten attention over the years. Like obviously there was the, uh, the shooting in, in the tree of life synagogue in Pittsburgh that, that um, was shocking and, and uh, you know, motivated by, by hate of, of Jewish people. But this is like a whole new scale uh, and so it's kind of galvanized a lot of, uh, American Jews who, to go and get firearms training to go and buy a gun. And, you know, it's interesting too, on that point, because a lot of, uh, traditionally American, uh, Jewish people have, have not been, uh, gun owners for the most part. It's, uh, something that is not practiced by a majority of, of, uh, Jewish people in the country from the data we, that we have, there isn't a lot of great data on this, but um, from what we understand and, and also what people in the community tell us, there just uh, wasn't a lot of gun ownership among uh, American Jews. They tend to lean more democratic, uh, more liberals uh, generally on social issues. But, uh, you know, a lot of them have, uh, have said that it's actually even been sort of something of a, a you like a, a, a negative connotation to it to own firearms mm. before now. Um, a number of the people that I spoke with for the story said, you know, they've been made fun of by friends or family or thought that, you know, they weren't, it doesn't make any sense. Why are you doing this? The police are, you know, a lot of the common arguments that you hear for why, uh, you yeah. know, people don't think arguments that aren't confined to the Jewish community for sure. No, yeah. no, of course not. Um, and so, yeah, just common things that you'll hear uh, from, from a lot, uh, you know, a lot of different uh, sectors on arguments of why gun owning guns doesn't make sense. And uh, but interestingly, you they've all said that that's changed in the wake of the October seventh attacks. Um, you know, uh, Joshua again, the, the doctor from LA, he said, uh, "I will say that a lot more Jewish people they're not publicizing it a lot, but they are getting themselves armed. They have family, they see what's going on around the world." And this specific example, right in Israel, where evil people decided to go and slaughter entire families and babies in cribs. So they don't want that to happen to them. And if something happens, at least we'll go down fighting. We're not going to be herded into gas chambers like they did in the 1940s. So that's kind of the 
That's not hyperbole, the, by the way, folks. That's you know, yeah. There's no reason that someone in that position shouldn't shouldn't be that concerned. Um, but that's the resolve of the community that you're seeing yeah. right now. At least uh, at least a number of them. I'm not saying everybody within the community feels the same way, but that that's how a number of the people I spoke with felt. Yeah, I, I don't know where I heard it. It might have been in a movie. I don't know, but somebody said, you know, when when did Noah build the ark before the flood? You know, um, you, you can't you can't wait until there's someone at your door and somehow hope to come up with a solution. So, if you are in a position, if you're part of any group that might be potentially being attacked by another group of people, but right now, especially the Jewish community uh, here and everywhere around the world, if you don't have the if you don't have the equipment and the ability and the training to to frankly to defend yourself and fight back, um, well, then you you just can't. I mean, there's no. I'm, I'm trying to find a clever way to say it, but that's all there is to it. You just can't. And waiting until you know, things get closer to home and closer to home and to the point where you're like, okay, well, any minute now, this could be a problem. And and then hoping to either rise to the occasion with what you have or, uh, you know, figure it out at the last minute. No, if you're, you know, if you're in the United States uh, of America and, and almost in any state now, there's hardly any exceptions. Um, you have the ability legally and frankly, I think morally at this point to, to be in a position to defend yourself unless there's some special circumstance um, where you physically can't do it. Uh, um, the second amendment's there for a reason. We're the only country that has anything like it to my knowledge. So let's protect it. Um, and, and let's stay informed. And the way to stay informed besides from listening to us and watching active self-protection videos, of course, is to go over to the reload.com and consider getting a membership. Steven does great work. He's writing these articles. He's got a burgeoning crew over there. He's maybe wants to hire more people in the not too distant future. That requires money. And money for him comes not from advertising. It comes from his membership dues. So do me a favor. Go over there. Consider getting a membership. Steven, I got to let you go. Is there anything you wanted to add? I will not leave anything out, sir. Just, uh, you know, people should head over and read that full piece. Uh, you know, the main reporting is free. You can read that in several thousand words. There's a lot more in there than what we were able to cover today. And then, of course, members would have access to the additional piece on uh, why many of these uh, Jewish Americans are deciding to buy heavier firearms, AR-15s and the like, uh, as well. So, yeah, head over there. I think it's it's a lot of good reporting, a lot of quotes, a lot of people in their own words, which is what uh, how I tend to like to do this. Good stuff. Steven Gutowski of The Reload. As sir, you always, as always, every week, you have the last word, sir. Uh, go Phils. <laughs>